फिजिकल So, are you someone who wants to enter the stock market and learn to invest in stocks, mutual funds, cryptos, etc., or you have already started investing but struggling to survive for the long term? If that's you, well, you have tuned into the right podcast because I am here to help you build your investment portfolio, and we will try to crack the code of making you a millionaire on a budget. Who am I? I am Saroni Kothari, a business journalist at HT Digital. Millionaire on a budget. Your investment portfolio will mostly comprise of a number of investments, be it in the form of stocks, mutual funds, gold, bonds, government schemes, etc. But when it comes to real estate, buying a property gets pretty expensive, and it may not seem very feasible option for the ones who are very new to their investment journey. Now. What are the different ways of investing in real estate apart from owning properties? Has real estate investment been making money for the investors? Should you think of living in rent or actually have your own home? Today's guest, Ashish Chanda, founder and CEO of digital private wealth platform Crystal AI, is here with me today to answer all your questions and clear your doubts that you may have related to investing in real estate. Thank you so much, Ashish, for joining me today uh, in Millionaire on a Budget to talk about real estate. Uh, in the previous episodes of the podcast, uh, I've tried to cover a few topics that you know new investors would need to look at: beat stocks, mutual funds, and all the other things. Now, when we talk about real estate, uh, would you also agree that it might not be the first option to come up for anyone? You know, uh, when it comes to investing, at least for the new investors. No, that's correct. See, because real estate typically is a is a higher value ticket than the first investment that someone does. So people do start with uh, you know simplified plans, whether it's tax saving plans or provident fund linked plans and so on. And real estate comes at a slightly later stage in your career when you're thinking of various goals that you may have. Uh, you know, you may be thinking of getting married. You may be thinking of uh, uh, building, uh, uh, moving into a bigger place, and things like that. And that's when people start considering real estate. So mostly, what happens is that um, people look at real estate of of two types. Right. One is where it's for their own use, for them mm-hmm. to stay, and second is when it's an investment. So totally depends on what stage of life someone is and what goal they are considering it for. That should drive the decision on how to go about it, in what size, and at what kind of prices or geographies. Uh, all the things that you talked about, you know, we will try to cover it also, uh, you know, uh, in some time. But before we start, uh, you know, uh, for starters, let's uh, understand what exactly does investing in real estate mean uh, for investors. And also, I mean, as you said, right, property is something that not everybody would be looking at. So when it comes to just investing, what are the different types of, uh, you know, other products? related to real estate you know real estate that people can actually look at 
So real estate uh, that way has, uh, you know, the physical uh, asset itself, whether it's a residential real estate or a commercial real estate, you could also access it or get exposure to it via REITs, which is real estate investment trusts, uh, which are basically uh, these REIT companies who are effectively earning rental incomes from various uh, properties. Uh, But you can easily get it on an an exchange or through a broker, just go and buy REITs in small sizes. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the most popular ways for someone who's just starting off an investment in real estate to do it via REITs. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a new, uh, I would say, technology of tokenization that is coming up today that enables people to get fractional real estate access, uh, which is it's quite interesting because there you can go a lot more focused because in a REIT, you are dependent on the REIT's manager to decide which property and how they go about it. and uh, uh, there are various. Uh, there's a there's a there is a diversification benefit, but there's also a, a, a lack of focus because you can't really decide which one you want to go into in terms of the end property. Whereas tokenization gives you that uh, ability in small sizes. Uh, this tokenization that you talked about, I mean, in India, is it like coming or uh, is it still there? So it's, uh, I would say, a relatively new development. There okay. are uh, companies, startups in India, uh, Crystal partners with a lot of them to see how we can give access to fractional real estate through the okay. tokenizations. So what does it mean when you say fractional real estate? Like for me as an investor, what would it mean for me? So, so I'll tell you a difference. See, let's say you are an India resident and uh, you have a choice of either buying a property, which is most likely going to be in blacks and crores and quite a high value ticket. Mm-hmm. and uh, you'll have to take a loan and, and things like that um, and uh, manage how the taxation over there works. Uh, or you have a choice of buying a REIT, let's say, where REIT, you are just say, buying an, uh, any any particular REIT that is uh, trading, uh, there are a number of them now, in uh, global markets as well as in India they've started, where you don't really know which exact property you're getting because the REIT's manager, whether it's MBSE or anyone, they are deciding what they're deciding. Right. But tokenization way, what you can do is you can actually have a very specific property. Let's say there is a commercial building in a very high value neighborhood of uh, New York or India, Mumbai, somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Where there is there is a, a, a fractionalization of that being done in the form of tokens. Now, tokens is basically using the blockchain technology to to give you access and ownership of that specific property. So you know exactly which properties fraction you are buying uh, rather than buying, you know, the whole uh, forest of REITs in some sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that gives you a lot more focus approach because you may like X property, you may not like Y property and both X and Y may be in a REIT. But here you could say, hey, I only want tokens of X. I do not want tokens of Y. And that brings you, you know, some focus and uh, ability to get fractional access through these tokens. So tokens are nothing but just uh, let's say proof of ownership that you own this property and hence uh, your fraction of tokens, uh, rental income and all that comes mm-hmm. to you. Actually, sounds very interesting, this this concept. Um, also, what about real estate mutual funds? Do you think it actually kind of does justice when we are just looking at that or is it like any other mutual funds? They are more like mutual funds, right? So mutual mm-hmm. funds may be holding uh, property company stocks. Okay. which is very different from uh, different. having uh, real estate exposure because there you're, you're basically then uh, thinking about the health or growth of a property company 
and mm-hmm. not of the property. But so it's, it's two levels away, right? So so you have a you have a property, then you have let's say a property company which is invested into or developing hundreds of properties maybe, mm-hmm. and you're taking exposure to that company's balance sheet. Maybe they have more leverage, they have more loans. You don't know how how they're doing financially, so you're exposed to the balance sheet of that company. And not the property. So, so the mutual funds which hold property stocks or property stocks itself is a very different animal than, let's say, REITs or property. Thank you, actually, for you know, like uh, uh, talking about the differences between real estate mutual funds and REITs. Because I think, at least as someone who's just entered the market, would be kind of confused, you know, as to what both the terms mean. Uh, anyway, so when we're talking about uh, newbies, right? Uh, do you think it makes sense for the new investors to own real estate? early in their life or is it their ideal time or environment for anyone to think of it as an investment option so i still maintain that most people are likely to buy the first property for their own use right it's unlikely to be for investment purpose at least in the in in the or let's say the old school world before the the blockchain or the crypto technology was invented mm-hmm. uh, so people are likely to be of that mindset but if you look at a new investor a millennial today or so they they are much more likely to try out i think fractional real estate mm-hmm. just to get a flavor to see what rental income looks like to see how this property a fractional ownership is given to them and how secure it is and how it works so they can have a taste of it and it transcends boundaries and borders so you could be sitting in uh, in a city in india but owning real estate in london and new york uh, through these tokens and and you could do it for as little as you know let's say a thousand dollars on mm. or let's say one lakh rupee on uh, so so basically uh, that can give you a good flavor and see if that kind of a returns uh, make sense for you uh, so that would be still an investment so this new age phenomenon that has come across of tokenization may change this behavior uh, especially in the millennial uh, segment of people who are just getting into their uh, first jobs or in the first five years of their uh, working. But I think the the true real estate ownership that someone would do a large ticket for, uh, let's say if you're buying something for, let's say, um, uh, a few lakhs, 40, 50, 60 lakhs or, 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 or maybe a crore in India, mm-hmm. that is likely to be a, a proper physical property, a flat or something where people want to uh, stay and settle down and things like that. As you you know said you know about what recently you know with the recent interactions that I've had with my friends and few peers, um, a lot of them not the initial you know stage of their career but the ones who've at least been like five to eight years in their career and have kind of saved up a few you know some amount uh, due to COVID and work from home model and everything and apart from stocks, mutual funds and you know other investment options you know they've been kind of asking around if if real estate you know if it's, it's the next thing for us should we like just now look at you know owning a property or uh, you know because we have that kind of at least savings um, you know to do that so what would your advice to them would be? See, uh, there is a, a different appeal to owning physical real estate, mm-hmm. which I think makes sense only once you have uh, a good visibility of uh, where you're likely to stay, uh, whether your job is very, very mobile and do you have aspirations of moving around places? Because if you don't happen to stay there, then it becomes an investment property. Mm-hmm. And a large physical investment property at earlier stage in your life may turn out to be a, a lower return uh, than you no know, stocks, mutual funds, or fixed income bonds uh, uh, would do. Uh, typically, if you see that the returns, at least in the last 20 odd years, that the stock markets have given, 
have been uh, much more than what real estate markets have given on an analyzed basis. Um, so, uh, so, and also depends on where the interest rate cycle is. Mm-hmm. Typically, if the interest rates are rising, it means that your mortgage rates are likely to be higher. It means that in order for the rental income to adjust higher, either the property prices will go down or the rentals will be going up. Uh, So there are various risks that come into play if you're not staying in the, let's say, the apartment that you're owning. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's something that is worth considering because it has a very uh, personal decision uh, or personal life cycle uh, element to it, uh, which may differ for different uh, people. So if I'm a person who is in a job which is so mobile that every year or two I have to change locations, and then buying real estate for me in one place may not make sense. Uh, but if I'm somewhere where I know I'm, I have a visibility of the next five to 10 years, then it may make sense. But uh, right now, as you talked about returns as well, you know, the main question, does it actually have been making money for the investors? I'm talking about real estate properties. First, let's let's talk about the properties. Have they been making invest uh, you know money for the investors? Because historically, as you said, the other options obviously have been more lucrative in nature as compared to real estate, which has been kind of a dull market. Yeah, so uh, so depends on the time horizon you're looking at. If you look at a longer period, let's say let's say a ten to twenty year period, then I would say stocks have done well. But if you go even further, then I would say real estate has done fantastically well. Uh, if you go to a let's say a 40 50 year horizon so so the holding period also matters a lot so real estate definitely is a i would say almost an essential asset class that you should have in your portfolio mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but before having it in your portfolio you may you want to have it for your own use so it's an essential asset class for uh, someone to have the uh, like a dividend e- income equivalent so rental income is one of the easiest things for people to understand mm-hmm. and they can see the physical assets so so there is a very strong appeal to it and and rightly so uh, i wouldn't say that uh, the returns on real estate are are uh, uh, lower or higher than uh, other assets because uh, it depends on the market cycle you are in so if you look at the cycle that we are expecting let's say from today till the next let's say a year or two you are in an interest rate rising cycle mm-hmm. which means that you may have uh, certain instruments like short-dated bonds or certain other uh, uh, instruments doing better than let's say risky assets and real estate and equities are technically riskier assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at real estate versus equities, then in this market, I would say people are likely to look at real estate more uh, likely than let's say equities because equities wobble around a lot. I mean, you've seen uh, the US markets, India markets go up and down so much that real estate gives that feel of stability uh, that has a very strong appeal yeah. for banks. So in this market, I think real estate is a, is a very good segment to to look at. At least the inflation clouds are over, or the interest rate cycle has uh, the interest rate hike cycle has paused. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're talking about this whole uh, interest rate and inflation cycle, and you know these factors that impact the real estate market, if you could just you know like uh, quickly for you know a few of our uh, listeners who would not exactly understand how it works, how are they related, and you know how they impact the real estate market. So see, typically what happens is that when you buy a property, you land up financing it through a home loan. Mm -hmm. And if interest rates go up, it means that your home loan rates are going to go up, uh, which means that your EMIs are likely to be higher. So as EMIs are higher, the new buyer has has is now having lesser incentive to make a purchase. 
so the demand for real estate is likely to go down just because you know that the new emis are outside of your pocket's reach so as the demand goes down then you will have uh, property prices not go up or even go lower and that causes uh, you know let's say a notional capital loss in some sense mm-hmm. uh, now if you're staying in that property of course you can then stay in it for longer because you don't have uh, uh, that much of a problem in terms of having a negative return uh, but definitely uh, if property prices are expected to be lower uh, let's say uh, in a year down the line than today then you will not make that purchase mm-hmm. now this happens when the interest rates are rising but i must make a very strong caveat here that interest rates is not the only factor that drives real estate there are many other factors that drive demand mm-hmm. so look at what has happened after covid after covid and the fact that work from home or a mixed culture of work from home and office is kind of coming to stay in most companies right so it has inherently increased the demand for real estate someone who is living in a one bedroom now wants a two so a person living in a three bedroom now wants a four bedroom and so mm-hmm. on so inherently there is demand for more real estate because people want that flexibility of having you know to work from home let's say once twice thrice a, month, a week let's say uh, and that's that demand is is coming up so despite interest rate hikes there is this reverse factor uh, which is creating demand interest rate hikes reduces demand and that's the equilibrium that the market is trying to find today um, which is where it's it's tough to say which Uh, which part of the um, the demand is likely to be uh, winning is it the interest rate hike that causes lower demand or is it the the post covid uh, kind of new world we live in if that's mm-hmm. causing a higher demand so we don't know which is going to pick the other but those are the two forces at play uh, over here um but do you see these factors to kind of have a positive impact at least for the next 5 to 10 years oh definitely see the interest rate cycle is likely to be uh you know not very long lived in terms of interest rates may go up for another uh, mm-hmm. uh let's say uh, a month or, or not a month let's say a quarter or two quarters mm-hmm. so and after two quarters you may see a pause that central banks may stop hiking rates as they see inflation is coming under control right. or maybe if oil prices stabilize as the war hopefully the war clouds recede Uh, so as the supply side inflation comes under control you will see that uh, that particular factor causing reduction of demand may go away and people feel that yes there is more certainty going ahead and that will actually start increasing demand for risky assets it will start increasing demand for real estate so if you uh, take out the next let's say 6 uh, months after that i would say the outlook for uh, real estate is quite positive and and what about reits i mean have they also been making money in the past few years and also the outlook on uh, them so it depends on which exactly reit we look at so there are uh, and look at it globally right so there mm-hmm. are uh, cases of reits where if it was a commercial uh, uh, like a shopping mall mm-hmm. a lot of them have not done well but if it's a reit where it's an industrial reit or a data center reit let's say so those have done quite well earlier and it was all linked to covid but as covid uh, receded then those data center reits also then uh, took a hit because the the demand for those things went down in terms of the data center usages mm-hmm. so it's so it's a, it's based quite cyclical uh, and depends on uh, which reits uh, you're going for but one thing is very clear the the reits is clearly as an investment class you're doing it for dividends for uh, a substitute for rental income and you can do it in smaller sizes 
uh, whereas if you look at actual real estate physical that has a very different uh, objective uh, so i think reits also are likely to be more susceptible to volatility in prices for the next 3 to 6 months um, but after that the outlook should be positive Mm-hmm. So at least for someone who's just starting, they can look at REITs if not directly going for you know buying a property because it may not be a feasible option. Definitely, especially if the if the outlook is uncertain, mm-hmm. and uh, there are talks about inflation, there are talks about recession. You are seeing layoffs today happening across the world, so you don't want to put too much money uh, at risk or 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 use it uh, today. Mm-hmm. So if and which means that you may not want to buy a property worth a large size, but you can definitely take exposure via a REIT. Uh, or a tokenized product in uh, smaller sizes, so that you are not completely out of the market. You still enjoy the rally if the rally comes before what I'm mentioning, um, but at least you're not putting uh, a very large sum at risk and not going out of liquidity uh, that you have in your mind. Mm-hmm. And one more thing that has been kind of you know been on many you know youngsters' minds is that does living on rent make more sense than owning a house in you know these days? Yeah. So, um, so basically, see that's why I see a lot of people are uh, are are seeing that uh, if you own a property, you kind of get attached to it, and um, it is illiquid, right? Buying and selling a property is not uh, an easy task as buying and selling a REIT or a mutual yeah, it's fund. It's a whole right? process. A REIT right? mutual fund. That's a whole process. There's a lot of the, the stamp duties. There are, there are many things, and there's a lot of involvement. And let's say today you buy something, a two-bedroom, and within three, four years, five years, depending on your stage of life, you get married, you have kids, you want a bigger place, and then it's another process. So, so that is a lot of uh, effort that goes into it, and uh, of course, the the hassle of maintenance of that property is on your head. Uh, not not to talk about the the taxes and many other things that come along with maintaining a property. So clearly, uh, a lot of people who are more mobile or who value their time more in terms of uh, their work or whatever they do for pleasure and they don't want to have that much close involvement with property they would prefer going for a rental where they have the flexibility of where they stay they can upgrade downgrade change locations change cities and it makes them a lot more uh, uh, easier and it works also quite well pricing wise because uh, at least when your rental Uh, amounts are not uh, uh, are not too high than let's say the uh, EMIs that you will end up paying if you have to buy. Then right. it makes sense to rent. Mm-hmm. So rent versus EMI is always a decision that one should make. You know that net of tax. Am I better off being on a rental or am I better off having an EMI? Mm-hmm. And usually, if the rental is equal or slightly more than EMI, people do end up still taking on rental. Until unless it becomes a no-brainer that hey my EMI is actually so small net of tax compared to the rent that I have to go for an EMI. So that's a very mathematical calculation that people should make, and there's a qualitative decision of getting attached to the property and having the bandwidth uh, and and uh, uh, you know men- mental calculation to to go with what they want. Right. Hmm. Um. You know any any uh, you know uh, uh, any any points that you would want to. You know, talk to our listeners about anything uh, about real estate, and also the pros and cons of investing in real estate. Any major points that you may have in mind? Yeah, I would say that today's investor, today's uh, let's say a, a first-time investor who's considering real estate, should look at owning REITs or tokens first, 
before they make a larger sized decision mm-hmm. uh, because that will give them a flavor of how interest rate cycle is impacting this asset class they will see the difference how what's the difference between a commercial real estate and a residential real estate what are the difference in returns there how does it compare to stocks and bonds and mutual funds so if you spent let's say a year or two by actually delving into these comparing it and getting a good learning out of it and then you go for a, a proper purchase that would make a lot more sense than thinking of a physical real estate as your first purchase so in today's world i would say that take a a, a derived real estate through a reits or through a token as the first purchase and once you've imbibed the learning from that then look at the physical one Thank you so much, Ashish, for you know sharing your knowledge and for this insightful conversation on real estate. Great, thanks a lot, Sunil. It was a pleasure uh, uh, talking on this. That's all for today. Join me next week where we will take your investing journey forward. In case you have anything to ask or you want to share your thoughts, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Saloni Kothari ninety five. You can also email me at Saloni dot Kothari at htdigital dot in. To get more updates on this podcast, you can follow HT Smartcast on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. This was an HT Smartcast original. HT Smartcast.